he's played by uh, John. Oh my god, I John quit. Favreau. I'm going home. Right, wait, I'm already <laughs> home. I'm going to bed. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. Yeah, we appreciate you tuning in. We are live to talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button so you can keep track of all of our live episodes. Uh, we got some fun stuff upcoming, so continue to do that. Make sure you hit those buttons. Uh, also, tell a friend about us. Uh Tell your grocery checkout person about us. Oh, there we go. That's a that's an easy one there. Um, also, go leave us a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, it's always helpful. Helps us grow the podcast, all that fun stuff. Um, but let's talk Mandalorian, gentlemen. Uh, chapter 19 or episode 3 of season 3. How'd was you this guys really a Mandalorian episode? Let's be honest. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, strong start. Oh, right? great start. Right where they left off. It's a perfect place to start a new episode, is where you left off on the previous one. Yeah. So, a good solid five minutes. You had a dog fight in there, it was amazing. And then we have to endure what might be the dumbest side quest story in star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah. 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 Like JJ, fill me in. Like, what, what are they trying to do here? I don't, I didn't, I was bored. Um, I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, I think they're trying to do a couple of things uh, before I get started. Fan master. Welcome. Hey, uh, fan master. Yep. Technically, not new. We did all last season and this one. So go back, check out those episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, buddy. Um, I think they're on YouTube as well. So, uh, yeah, we mm, I don't know where they're going. And I think that's the problem, right? Like, that's what annoys me. And I think if I had to guess, I'm afraid of what my guess is. And that is. They're setting a foundation for how we get to Palpatine being alive. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the sequel trilogy, <laughs> uh, you know, and and because it's very heavy on the cloning, it shows that the cloning research obviously is going to continue in some way, shape or form uh, based on this dude. And obviously there's an insider in the the New Republic's uh rehabilitation program which makes you and then i uh, yeah and then i think they're trying to show that the republic new republic's not great i <laughs> in a lot of ways i mean because i don't know about you guys but those seem like a certain type of camp that won't let you leave a certain area and oh yeah yeah i mean i'm just they're saying called labor camps there you go labor i mean that's pretty appropriate <laughs> The difference is, is we sit in front of a computer instead of building railroads. I, it's just, you know, <laughs> uh, it's a, it was a telephone for me because I, I get what they're trying to do. I just, again, it's kind of like the book of Boba Fett where it was like, this isn't the appropriate format for this. In fact, the appropriate format for what we watch today is more in line with Andor 
in my opinion. It just felt weird. But the beginning and the end of the episode were fabulous. So yes. for clarification, the, the chick in the doctor, why at the end would did she mind flay his mind? Like I I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my head around that, like why she did that. Well, because two reasons, I think. One, he can incriminate her. And if he doesn't stop, like, obviously, she sold this dude out at the very beginning. Like, everybody knew this was going to happen. Like, everybody knew they were going to be there. The second piece of it is if he continues to say, like, he told you, sold me out, you know, you sold me out, whatever. If he continues to do that, eventually someone might listen. And then that implicates her. And two, He's the one major person that has had breakthroughs in cloning technology and cloning in in this universe. So now that they have his research and they have the tools that he would have used to continue said research, they don't really need him anymore and they don't want the New Republic because he was a big fan of the New Republic, at least at the beginning, to have a hold of that technology either. Got it. Okay, so she had some. They got what they needed. He's expendable, or whoever she's working for, they feel like they can just continue it on. And my hope is that she is now working for Thrawn, not some form of Palpatine. I, I just, I just mm-hmm. want them to keep these series as separate from the original, from the the nine, the Skywalker saga, as it might be called. Mm-hmm as possible that's that's part of the thing that i love the most about them is they're as much as they can to be detached from those movies and films they're obviously there's little things like skywalker being in it you know that attach it pretty heavily but at the same time that storyline hasn't taken over these this show and and i don't want it to and i it's the first time i've been nervous about it is today fair dinkum Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going and maybe this was the reason is that we have now all these shows that almost you feel like they they start with this one idea. Right. But then they're bringing in other lore into episodes, but it doesn't seem to fit. Why don't they just do like a stories of Star Wars? Yeah. Where it's just a mini series almost of mini episodes, because if you pull out the doctor story, um, and put that in with a lot of what was in Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a whole lot more sense, and it can be this disjointed to where you're just telling a story, and you can still loop it in. Yeah, it still connects. Event. You can still connect, um, but that way you don't have this episode where I sat around going, what the hell? I was bait and switched into watching this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I said it to myself out loud a couple of times watching the episode, why do I give a shit about this guy? Like, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't care. Like, I don't care. So they better. Now, my hope is that I'm here talking shit. And somewhere in the next seven episodes or six episodes, however many, five episodes, whatever it is, they make it worth the time. I, the out, And it's an hour. That was my other issue. Like, God. It was slow building it. Now, that's where I was a little confused because it got to a point where I wasn't paying as much attention mentally as I probably should have. Cause I was like, yeah, like it's yeah. not entertained right now. I could care less about the last rock on Coruscant. 100%. <laughs> I don't care. And that's like, that's the worst is like, I was, I thought that was cool. 
that there's a mountain and that mountain is huge because there's like i don't remember the exact number but there's a lot of levels to coruscant so for that rock to be peeking out of the top level of coruscant that's tall mountain um so i thought it was cool but again is that the appropriate place probably not that felt like it should have been part of rebels you know what i mean like there's other places you could have stuck this yeah filler content because that's really what it is filler yeah Um, and when i'm only getting eight episodes i don't need filler that's what i was gonna say like what there to jj's point there better be some payoff and connection down the road otherwise this episode is should have just been like throwing down the trash except for like really the beginning and the end there yeah and the beginning and the end amazing can't wait to talk more about those but just so salty about the rest of the episode like yeah i don't like it not even I have another, the Bo-Katan actor, this episode, I found her actor kind of weighing on me a little bit where it was just, it felt, at times felt just kind of dry in one note. And I don't know, I just left him like, ah, like, just not, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling the acting performance this time. It just it bothered me a little bit more. I think that's the difference that you get between her being there physically and voice acting. Because my guess is with the helmet on, because we know that it's rare that Pedro Pascal is actually in the uniform. It's usually a stunt double and then he does voiceover. My guess is that the Bo-Katan, and I should know her name. I usually do, but it's always when I want to recall it that it's never there. That's been my entire day today like this. But that actress, my guess is, is with the helmet on this episode the whole time. And maybe in future episodes where now that she could be the reason they called this episode the convert, she's probably voice acting versus being there physically like she has been in the past. Mm. Um, the other thing is, is I mean, she's kind of going through some shit right now. Like, I, so the character is like in a different place because now that she look, she's she ran this these people she led these people for years her sister led them for years before that she was part of the night watch which eventually became the children of the watch which is this group that she's now been ridiculing for the last two seasons that din Djarin's a part of so she knows all of these i guarantee she knows all of the why can i not think of this i had a hard time with this one last week too alec creed no, the prophecies. Jesus. Um, she knows all the prophecies, including the one about the the mythosaur that's supposed to come out of uh, Mandalore and just wreck shit because it's the size and the sheer volume of it. So she's now seen it. She can't argue with it. She can't deny that at the very least there's a mythosaur there. Then you add into the fact that she's now been basically accepted by everyone at least except for uh, the Vishla clan, pre-Vishla's relative. Uh, um, yeah. That she's been accepted into this clan. And, we, and she's been craving that because she lost all her people when she lost the Darksaber. 
last season and now she's lost her home. So I, yeah, she's going through some shit. I thought that was a very interesting take on hers. And then the fact that you see that even though he's got a helmet on, like big Vishla, he's not very happy about her being there. <laughs> oh, so there's more to that guy. There. There's more to that guy. I was like, who is this dude? And he just, I feel like I'd seen him before. He's a big dude, but I don't know. Well, he's, he's played by, uh, John, oh my God, John Favreau. I'm going home. Like, wait, I'm already <laughs> home. I'm going to bed. Yeah, by John Favreau. Like, he's the, it, at least in the first season. Favreau was the one in the suit for the <laughs> his one or two appearances. I don't know now. Um, I think he's still voiced by Favreau because he is a descendant of some sort, and we say descendant like it was that long ago. The guy was probably part of. Um, the Night's Watch or the Night Watch or the Children of the Watch, whatever. When Pre Vishla, so Pre Vishla was uh he was part of the Clone Wars series, voiced by John Favreau. He was the guy that found the dark saber, and he was the one that Bo-Katan was part of their clan. Bo-Katan or the group Bo-Katan betrayed them during the Clone Wars series, after and especially after. Uh, Darth Maul took the dark saber from Pre, so he. This is a relative of some sort of the Vesla clan, and the Vesla clan is the one that he was uh, in the new canon. Tar Vesla was the first Mandalorian Jedi and the creator of the dark saber. So it's like the Vesla line is a storied line in the Mandalorian history and culture, and so he's going to have an issue because not only does Din Djarin have the dark saber, which is technically his family's weapon, but she betrayed his, whoever pre was to this guy. So yeah, there's some deep cut. History does Bo-Katan have the dark saber now because she picked it up in, but she didn't win it. No, it she gave there. it back. She gave oh, it back okay. to him after she wrecked the weird, uh, alien more locks didn't man mando when he was fighting with it he it seemed it felt like it looked like it was heavy to him or something and she clearly yeah. knew how to fight with it and such a, so i had a question about that because the fighting style was totally i was like why does this look like it this is like a great sword to him where for her she's very comfortable with it which that part made sense but i was surprised with mando's fighting style so she has a level of training with it um and this goes into there's two things one, you have to watch his inability to wield it very well um, was handled within the Book of Boba Fett in one of the episodes. Mm. And they talked about he had to learn how to use it. They're not a and but we learned a, a great deal in the Rebel series when the Darksaber came back. So I'm going to forget her name, too. But there was a Mandalorian that's part of the main Rebels group. Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren. God, I am dying today, boys. I should just be sitting here letting you fuckers talk. <laughs> um, Sabine Wren is a she's a Mandalorian that was part of the Rebels team in the Rebels animated show. She ends up with the dark saber from she takes it from technically she doesn't, but it gets taken from uh, Maul and given to her to lead in a certain way, and then. The the Jedi, oh my God, what's his name, Alec? Because which Jedi? 
The one in Rebels. Oh, Ezra Bridger K- or Kanan? Kanan. I kept wanting to call him Caleb Doom, which is his real name, but <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, Kanan Jarrus, who's a Jedi in this group and is teaching uh, that she he teaches her how to fight with this lightsaber. And what he talks about is that the fact that the lightsabers are heavy, even though they don't look it when we watch people like the Jedi use them, they're actually really heavy because it's energy just constantly being passed through this stone, the, the, you know, the gems. And so that's the struggle. And he teaches her how to use it and let it control. Like it has to work. You have to let the blade do a lot of the work. You just kind of, go with it a little bit is kind of how he explains it. I can send you a clip. It's on YouTube mm. where it kind of explains. You should check it out. It's just rebels. And if you search Sabine Wren, the dark saber, it'll come up and it will explain why he's having a hard time. And Sabine and Bo-Katan in the end of rebels, she gave Bo-Katan. That's how Bo-Katan ended up with the dark blade was Sabine Wren gave it to her. Cause she had other shit she had to go do instead of run leading Mandalore. So she gave it to Bo-Katan and I'm sure Bo-Katan got a little bit of training and, and knew how to use it. Not to mention she was part of the original watch that had it for and was really All right, close that makes to more the sense. Yeah. I was, I was curious about that because, I mean, he's clearly very good with his craft. I was like, well, he's not not good with that. Yeah. Um, are all Mandalorians great pilots or just the ones that we are currently watching? <laughs> I, I think the idea is that most of the Mandalorians were the old Mandalorians were like that. They had their own Starfleet kind of thing. That's the thing. That's why the empire bombed Mandalore the way that they did and destroyed it was because that planet, that group of people with their army could cause problems for the empire. And the emperor knew it as did Vader because Anakin had spent time with a number of Mandalorians by that time and during the Clone Wars. And so they knew that if there was anybody that was going to cause an issue, it could well, be they're like, Yeah, they're like the Spartans of Star Wars, it seems Correct. Like. That's absolutely what they are. And so, and they did have their own fleet. They had their own, like, starships. They had fighters. They were really good. So I'm assuming that most of these guys, especially the ones that are left, have been taught how to fly, to pilot, to fight in their different ways. They're they're pretty much just all around badasses. They're they're probably they're just not big on art and like hygiene, especially hygiene, probably. Yeah, I mean it's got to be getting it's got to be pretty smoky. I felt bad when in in episode two or one or two when he he's like I'm going in full oxygen mode and I'm like ooh that's a rebreather in that suit probably that's got to smell funky. How long has it been since you've taken that thing off? I was like, yeah, like, yeah, that made me laugh. I was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, I will tell you what, I enjoyed the dog fight at the beginning. And then the dog fighting, it was, yeah, it was dope. Dope, dope. Really enjoyed it. And I mean, that was probably one of the biggest things I had an issue with was after such a great, great dog fight, yeah. I was all geared up and ready to go. And then I get uh scientist, doctor, motherfucking Prescient or whatever his name is. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, it was a weird transition. Uh, like there was no warning activity to these two pieces of this episode. It was really jarring. You're like, yeah, dog fight. This is cool. Coruscant Gala. Fuck. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it just made no sense to me whatsoever. 
And then it went back. I'm like, oh, thank you. Back to what? Back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Did we ever figure out who where the the fighters came from? No, that and that's a big again. And the fact that they're interceptors, I really think it's going to be Thrawn. Yeah, I was going to say because it's I've read enough. I mean, I've read Thrawn. I love the guy. Super cool. I know he was big on interceptors in his fleet. Yeah. He and was also a, explains the tactics. Correct. In, in fact, I think he has JJ, tell me the connection, because I know there's more in my brain that I should be able to say about that. He did something with the interceptor, but I it's not he, coming to me. He cre- he his designs were the original That's, yep. interceptor. So he designed and then he made the his level of it like he had specific interceptors on his ship, at least in the new books. Right, the newer Thrawn story, not the the new canon, not the old legends, but the new canon. He the interceptors are his thing, and then his version of them had, uh, fuck, I wanted to say warp capabilities. I was like, wrong show, fuckhead. Um, it's so stupid. Yeah, he they could go into hyperspace. Mm-hmm. His his that, and usually the Tie yeah, Fighter size right. ship. Mm-hmm don't have the capability for hyperspace but his could so but it was only a few of them and one of them was the like template for the rest and then of course they were turned into a more like the version that we saw vader in in a new hope is what the tie interceptors eventually ended up like but the original versions were his so the fact that it was all tie interceptors very much makes me think thrawn and like alex said the 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 fighting style, the the tactics that were used in order to draw them away from her home, bomb her home, and then get her to chase so that then there's a whole – that's a very Thrawn-style tactic. And then when you think about what happened on Coruscant, the embedding of this agent within the rehabilitation program – drawing him away making him the the villain in this story that's also a very thrawn style tactic so it wouldn't surprise me if we're introduced at the very end of this season to thrawn which would then bleed us right into the ahsoka show which i think is next that's what I was, I was going to ask you. I was like, it seems like you're thinking we're going to, Thrawn's going to kind of bookend this season, which again, I'm cool. Are we getting our own Thrawn TV show or is he just going to be a part of Ahsoka? He's just confirmed right now as part of Ahsoka show. Man. Which makes sense because we're going to need to get, we, we got to find out what happened to Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Because the last time we saw Thrawn, we saw Ezra Bridger. And I think Sabine Wren's confirmed for the Ahsoka show as well because she was a big part of – she went with – the whole thing at the end of Rebels was her and uh, Ahsoka went to find Ezra. So it's interesting. Actually, Very exciting. You know, I, from the bit I watched of Rebels, the, I don't know, like maybe I watched a whole season. I was like, Ezra Bridger. And I was like, oh, wait. I know yeah, who that is. He's the kid, yeah. That becomes the man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited for. I I just hope we don't have weird. That was weird. It was a really weird episode. Really weird. <laughs> Not to mention, I want to see a mythosaur out of the water. Damn it! 
that'll be season four. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you think Mando has thought about getting a new cape? His cape's looking pretty tattered at this point. Yeah, I would hope so. I don't like to me, I would be worried about the cape. Like, how does that shit not light on fire when his. Oh, yeah. With his going like. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. In fact, it's like very impractical at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And man, did he sure wait a long time to turn that shit on when he bailed out of that ship. Hey, Charles. Dude, that he did. Smoothie King's back from Hawaii. <laughs> hey, Charles, and I thought I just, just got back from playing a little bit of soccer. And I was like, man, I I need to get a smoothie on here, but didn't have enough time. Yeah, next time we'll look forward to it. But yeah, I think wrapping it all up, I mean, started strong, ended strong. The middle was weak. It just didn't. It just felt so off-brand because Man- Mandalorian all, up until this point, all the episodes have really quite landed well for me. So hope I don't know. They they're smart. They've been doing well. I'm gonna have faith now. If we have another one of these, then I'll start to waver. But I uh, I'm not gonna question the powers that be just yet. Yeah. Yeah, should be interesting. And what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. That's what it left me with a lot of questions that I hope they answer. But I'm hoping that it. I'm hoping it's Thrawn, and that's why it was all schemy and sneaky and showing what he's capable of controlling in a weird space that he shouldn't be able to control. And maybe that's what we're headed for is through this and the. Uh, this would be cool. Okay, I just had that thought. So the what we see maybe leading into a, an appearance of Thrawn here. <laughs> that's funny i'll get you there so and then through the ahsoka show maybe they're going to tell part of the original trilogy books where he's trying to re get the the empire back you know what i mean because the original trilogy that was what he kind of took control of the remnants of the empire and maybe that's maybe gideon because gideon was kind of sneaky that way too maybe gideon was a direct att- attache lean into thrawn maybe that's what yeah yeah, Charles, we all struggled. I fell asleep during the episode. The, the <laughs> Napalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you didn't miss anything in the middle, in our opinion. So. Yeah. <laughs> Weird I do like biscuits. That. I do like that thought, though, JJ, because I would explain what's her bucket, because she was from Gideon's ship. Yeah, Kane. Yeah, Kane. Um, so that could be that connection as well mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. Not close enough that anybody would see it as a red flag, but close yeah. enough that she would know about Thrawn because she was in communications. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's where we're headed, if I had to guess. Let's hope so. And then it would pay off, right? Like if we yeah. find out that the whole time she's working for Thrawn, that pays off to me. Like, yeah. That would be exactly what would be needed to tie everything together. Yeah. My only fear is, like I said, somewhere along the line, they try to tie it to the the sequel trilogy. And I'm like, please do not ruin Thrawn for me by tying them to the inept new First Order because they were morons and that is not Thrawn. So Thrawn is the coolest. <laughs> Calculated. Yeah. All right. Alec, I think it's time, buddy. All right. Tell everybody they can find us. 
Happy to. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3. It's nice having Matson back from his Hawaii trip. I'm in need of a good argument. Can't wait to record some more. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you made it this far, drop us a like or comment, as that is the best way to help us reach and corrupt new listeners. We will be back Monday, March 20th, with a brand new movie, Scream 6 release. Woohoo! But if that is too much time without some what's our verdict in your life, you can find any of our episodes wherever podcasts can be found. I recommend the Free Guy episode from, I think, July of 2021. Good content. Good listen. Check it out. You can also find us losers on Patreon, where you can pay for the ability to torture us. Literally, <laughs> no safe words over on Patreon. Special thanks to our current patron, Ginge Binge Appetite. Your patron <laughs> Patreon request is going to be completed very, very soon. It should be amazing. Also, we enjoy hearing from anyone and everyone who comes across the podcast. So go leave us a review on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And let us know why you love us or why you hate us. We crave the attention. With that, I will send it back to the mauling mammoth, the king of crash, a JJ. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks, Alec. As always, good for a chuckle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have nothing else. So with that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. Whoa! Wait. I still love you, star baby. <laughs> it's in the magic out. Yeah.